Well, hello, everybody. Today is February the 25th. Welcome to Born on This Day. I'm Amanda Barker. And I'm Bill Antonio. And together, we make a bowl of chowder, don't we, chowder. Bill? Chowder. Chowder. <laughs> chowder. Well, today is Clam Chowder Day, if you can believe it. Um, and if you don't know what a chowder is, I don't know what rock you've been living under, but it is a soup or stew containing clams or fish. Um, now, there's some debate over where the word chowder comes from. The English word chowder it is a fish peddler. Uh, the French word for cauldron is chaudière, so it could be either. We don't know. But what we do know is that they make the best chowder in New England. But they do. Where, yep. where is a whole other discussion? Well, I, I try not to be too picky when I'm in New England and to just order it whenever I see it. I've had good chowder in Nova Scotia as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I, Nova Scotia does have good chowder. Yes. I do, and I should I should point out, I do love a clam chowder because I have to say it because I'm always crapping on all the things that are our national days of the things that we celebrate. And so I just want to make it clear that I do like things and one of them is uh, chowder. I... You know, my thing was I didn't like it as a child, uh, and then I just wasn't in a place. Once I moved to New Brunswick, it just wasn't quite as popular as it was in, in Massachusetts, I guess. Yes. So, well, so. if I grew up with it all over me all the time, I would <laughs> also not like it. But for me, it's actually a really rare delicacy. And, you know, I, I guess I could have it here, but it's rare to find a good restaurant that makes a, a really good one here. Mm-hmm. Generally, what you find in Toronto will be out of a can. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, t- I try to take advantage of the opportunity whenever I'm on the East Coast. Um, Marco told our friend Salim once that I loved um, fish so much that I would put a bit of chowder in my coffee instead of cream. And that's what people that people from Boston all put a bit of chowder in their coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it with that deadpan face that and- convinced her that it was true. I was laughing so hard that I couldn't defend myself. And Salim, <laughs> sweet soul that he is, was, uh, he kind of was like, um, oh, really? Oh, I've never heard of that. And I couldn't yeah. stop laughing. And so to this day, um, <sighs> Salim does believe that um, I put chowder in my coffee. Well, Bill, if you were born today, I hope for your sake that you don't put chowder in your coffee. But your personality is defined by imagination, selflessness, and intuition. You are active. You have a very creative mind. You see possibilities all around you. And when paired with your positivity, your imagination allows you to see the best both in people and in situations. Well, I was definitely not born on this day, Amanda. I am selfish. (laughs) I am lazy. And I want to be told what to do. But people who were born on this day celebrating a birthday today, we begin with Rashida Jones, the daughter of music legend Quincy Jones and actress Peggy Lipton, herself an actress and singer who began as a vocalist in a Tupac Shakur tribute band and then made her debut in the Mario Puzo miniseries The Last Dawn. After two seasons on Boston Public, she appeared on the series Wanted and became famous as Ann Perkins on Parks and Recreation. She was in the films I Love You Man, The Social Network, and Our Idiot Brother. She was a regular guest on The Office, performed a voice in the Pixar film Inside Out. This past year, she was wonderful in the Sofia Coppola film On the Rocks. An Emmy nominee for her documentary Hot Girls Wanted, she was born on this day in Los Angeles, California in 1976. Oh, I didn't realize that was her documentary. Wow. 
I, if I'm thinking of the right one, that's uh, yeah. good for her. She's quite, I think, I, I just think she's I mean, if I know you, you're not thinking of the right one, but you might be. Oh, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I thought it was based on the, like, um, internet porn industry. I think so. No, I think oh. you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> sad. Good and sad. It's just uh, so it's... rare. It's so rare for me to have the opportunity to correct you in person as opposed to writing to you <laughs> when I'm listening to the show. I, I wanted to create the opportunity, even if it wasn't there. Bill, I just want to ask you, is that my daughter in there? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. You'll have to. That's an Easter egg that we drop for our loyal, loyal fans. Yeah. Um, and if you <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, feel free to reach out. I'm born we'll on the We were the recurring theme for the last two months of the show. <laughs> I'm still laughing about it, but uh, I'm not laughing about our next celebrant, although one of the best pieces of working advice I ever got from this next person, I will uh, throw out there. I'll I'll throw that in at the end. But Tia Leone was studying anthropology and psychology at Sarah Lawrence when she decided to drop out to pursue modeling, beginning to work on television in 1989 on Santa Barbara before playing small roles in Blake Edwards' Switch and in the 1992 summer hit A League of Their Own as first base for The Racine Bells. Um, uh, in 1995, that was her breakout year. I didn't realize she was in. Oh yeah, that's right. She wasn't. She's ti- she's a tiny role in League you of Barely even. Just... I don't even think you hear yeah. her speak. Yeah, we we only noticed it in the credits last yeah. time we watched yeah. it. And she has brown hair too, so you don't know to look right. for it. Yeah, right. Uh, 1995 was her breakout year anyway, uh, appearing on the hit show The Naked Truth and the film Bad Boys. The following year gave a critically acclaimed performance in Flirting with Disaster, later appeared in Jurassic Park 3, the remake of Fun with Dick and Jane, People I Know with Al Pacino, Spanglish by James L. Brooks, and her then-husband David Duchovny's directorial debut House of D. In 2011, she was in Tower Heist, and from 2014 to 2019, she starred on Madam Secretary. She was born on this day in New York City in 1966. Now, I've never worked with her, so this is actually advice that I read um, that she they asked her what if she had any advice for actors, up and coming actors, what would it be? And she said, book a trip, book a fabulous, fabulous trip and make sure you have no insurance on it. And surely then you will book a part that will be filming exactly <laughs> yes, at that time. That's like um, light the cigarette so the bus will suddenly come yeah, when you're waiting exactly. too long at the bus stop. Yeah, And it is unbelievably true in ways I cannot tell you the number of trips I've booked yep. and then booked parts. More than I can count the number of random planes I've gotten on at the last minute after a day of filming, convincing Ugh. people at Pearson one, saying, I just shot with Kiefer Sutherland. Please let me go to Montreal to see my friend. It was supposed to be our or our girl's weekend in PEI. That's and she, she went by herself because I was shooting all day. Please, please, please. Um, so that has happened to me so many times. Another girl's weekend in Montreal. Uh, I had to do the same thing. So yeah, it's, um, and then I just, I, I booked a plane in the van, the shuttle <laughs> driving me back, uh, I booked a plane out of the airport so I could get on a plane to Montreal and go meet up with my friends who had driven to Montreal because it was our girls' weekend. Did you ever so watch um, Madam Secretary? I didn't. Was it any good? Did you watch it? It was over before I even knew it existed. I don't know. Like uh, it's a hit show that I never heard of. So it had yeah. a lot of. And billboards. I love Tia Leone too. I would watch her on anything. So. Yeah, it had a lot of billboards. Mm, okay. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. I don't remember you. noticing any of them. Oh, I, I, I think don't know. she's so talented. I get the impression she's probably crazy. Like, oh I just, no, really? I hope I just not. feel, and not in a bad way. I just feel like she's one of those people who 
is like i need three salt shakers at the table like i just feel like she's that person i don't know i don't know i don't know i just get that impression i would love to work with her i do i do too she's talented she's really um yeah, there's some gravitas in her and some interest. She's just interesting. I just, interesting. I always loved a raspy voiced girl. Always. Yeah. You know, so. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Well, uh, I also loved an Aston. One of my very first TV crushes was actually Mackenzie Aston. When yes, he was, he was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it was so adorable. Um, but this is his older brother. Of course, Sean Aston followed his parents into acting. His stepfather was the Adams family's John Aston. His mother was an Oscar winner. We know her as Patty Duke. He made his debut in a TV movie with his mother when he was 10 and then he had his first film role wow that was his first film role in the goonies i could tell you every line and then he went on to appear in like father like son the war of the roses and memphis bell after studying with stella adler and graduating with honors from ucla he directed the short film kangaroo court and was nominated for a live action short oscar appeared in the films rudy of course and courage under fire then had his biggest role in the lord of the rings trilogy as frodo's faithful friend sam he has served as a philanthropist on the board of several nonprofits, and after the passing of his mother in late March 2016, began fundraising to create a foundation to carry on her life's work as an advocate for mental health. More recently, he was on the show Stranger Things and Supergirl, and he was born on this day in Santa Monica, California in 1971. Yeah, and there was something that happened recently that he was saying that he had no money or something. Oh, no, when, I didn't When he that. came back on Stranger Things, yeah, some he had had... He'd had some financial difficulty for a few years and was like totally depleted. Oh, wow. Gosh. Well, I'm glad that he still has a career. It seems like anyone who feels like that has a role on Supergirl. I feel like Supergirl's where all careers go. (laughs) He'll make his round on the networks. I mean, Sean Astin is everyone's like nice guy friend from high school. He's Mm. always that guy. Mm -hmm. And there will always be a role for that guy. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. Noah Jupe is a newcomer to films who made his debut at the age of 10 in Penny Dreadful just six years ago and has already racked up a resume that includes an episode of Downton Abbey, the miniseries The Night Manager, the show Houdini and Doyle, and the films Suburbicon, Wonder, A Quiet Place, Honey Boy, and the Oscar-winning Ford vs. Ferrari, which is what I know him from. In 2020, he appeared in the Quiet Place sequel and the miniseries The Undoing. He was born on the stay in London, England in 2005. Houdini and Doyle, was that Canadian? I don't know. There He's, was a can- yeah. Canadian one. I don't know if it, that was it, though. Maybe. I don't know. It, uh, just because my friend was in it, but I don't know if that was it. I can't remember. Anyway, she told me a crazy story about that set, but I don't now. I'm not even sure if it was that. Well, I'll, I'll look it up. But um, not my friend, but I wish she was, although I probably just follow her around like a puppy dog because she's impossible not to have a crush on jamila jamil is an actress writer dj model and radio host who was uh discovered at 22 and made the host of the uk's leading youth entertainment show t4 while writing for cosmopolitan and huffington post she became the face of maybelline and nails inc and in 2012 released her own clothing line she says that when she was waiting for the biopsy result of a breast lump when she went uh, when she decided that if the test turned out okay, she would move to the States to pursue her career and that if she did, finding an agent as a comedy writer before auditioning for the Netflix series The Good Place and landing the role of Tahani. She's so great in it. Jamila has shared with the world her many illnesses, including, including being born with congenital hearing loss and labyrinthitis, col- 
celiac disease. Am I saying that right? Or is that celiac? I think it's celiac disease. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, celiac disease and asthma and Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which causes loose skin and extremely flexible joints. Oh, I didn't know she had that. I have a friend that has that. Yikes. She recently mobilized her Twitter followers to attack comedian Michelle Collins because she cannot take a joke. And she was born on this day in London, England in 1986. Uh, Don't go after my Michelle. I will no, hate you forever. It's true. I Michelle's mean, joke about her was the funniest thing ever. And, you know, Jamila. Well, do you remember was, what the joke was? Or? Yeah, it was when COVID was first happening and Michelle, you know, because Jamila has shared with us like the 8 billion diseases she has. Sure, and sure. Michelle Collins said, I'm taking bets on who do you think the first celebrity is that will get COVID. Jamila Jamil doesn't count. <laughs> I thought oh, it was funny. That's too, and she mobilized her Twitter followers to go Oh, yeah. Her? She was oh. all over She was all over attacking Michelle and saying, I hope you never have to suffer the loss of a loved one and blah, blah, blah. And all mm. these people writing shitty things about Michelle, about uh, uh, she, uh. this person thinks she's a comedian. I've never heard of her. Like, it was, it was ri- ridiculous. Really? Like oh. it was just ridiculous, but that's Twitter. Twitter is Twitter is yeah. like just w- one little flick, and everyone's suddenly foaming at the mouth about literally anything. Wouldn't um, know they won't let me on. <laughs> oh, you're Kicked you're much off. better off. It it upsets Kicked me every time life. I go anywhere near there. Uh, but I just thought it was really tacky on her part to just not, I you know either to ignore it if she didn't like it or to just not be good natured enough to take a joke. Like take a joke. You're on top of the world. You can take a yeah. joke. Yeah. I, I don't know. I always think with stuff like that. Okay, I get the hurt. So take a week, and then and then if you really if you really want to make that choice, make it a week later. But don't prob- d- don't be so self important in the way you respond. Yeah, to, yeah. You know. Also, let Michelle be. Let her be. Also, Michelle is genuinely funny, and Michelle is uh, great at making fun of you while making you feel like she's your friend. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's too bad because I always I always think of Jamila and Jamila as being really smart, but mm. maybe not. Well, she probably not. is, but you know we all have our flaws. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, not liking Michelle Collins is an unforgivable one in my book. Anyway, moving <laughs> <Fair> on. <enough. laughs> Anson Mount is the great 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 grandson of a Confederate cavalry colonel who sp- who served in the Civil War, and he's the son of Playboy sports editor Anson Mount II, himself an actor who starred in Terrence McNally's. Uh, Corpus Christi on Broadway before making his debut on Sex in the City and making his film debut in Boiler Room. He played the um, he played the guy that gave Charlotte crabs. Um, oh Anson, yeah, yeah, the young guy. He also played Britney Spears' love interest in her ill-fated attempt at film stardom, Crossroads. Then later had success starring on the AMC series Hell on Wheels. Other films include Straw Dogs and Nonstop, and in 2019, he joined the cast of Star Trek Discovery as Captain Christopher Pike, which mm. means he's probably hanging out in Toronto a lot these days. <laughs> he was born on this day in White Bluff, Tennessee in 1973. Um, uh, that's when they go to the Hamptons, right? Yes, and you yes. were correct in your summation the other day that... Ironically, Charlotte is the one who has had the most guys of all of them. <laughs> she has, yeah. right? Like, yeah. she's just constantly with guys, but she's so pure. And because in her like... mind, she's investing. And that's why it's okay right. to have sex on a first date. And she's not right. thinking about the fact that the other guy is not on the same page. 
Uh, yeah, I do remember that because she lies about her age in that. Doesn't she say she's yes. in her 20s or something? Yes, and that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that episode is hysterically funny. Yeah. yeah. That that one I remember. That one I seem to remember. Anyhow, Alexis Denisoff, I believe yeah. is right, um, studied at Lambda and lived in the UK for 13 years before returning to the States, making his debut in a George Harrison video before later appearing in the film First Night with Richard Gere. Yikes, what a start. In 1999, he landed the role that made him famous as Wesley in on the series Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which he met his wife, Alison Hannigan, to which he has been married uh, for 18 years if you're like Allison Hannigan how do I know that name she's the one time at Bandcamp girl yes. he <laughs> starred on the Buffy spinoff Angel then went on to appear in the Avengers Josh Whedon's version of Much Ado About Nothing the series Grimm and the short-lived Legacies and he was born on this day in Salisbury Maryland in 1966 and he also um like she is a lot older than she looks and she plays she was playing teenagers well into her 30s because mm. I remember finding mm-hmm. out they got married and I'm like isn't he like her teacher on that show I was gonna say 1966 mm-hmm. but yeah, she's I... like 1976 like she's not that much uh, I see. you know like she's younger than him but not like yeah, you know, yeah. crazy younger yeah, yeah. yeah. I just remember mm-hmm. seeing a TMZ where she was wheeling a, a stroller and they said something about how much the stroller was or something and then they said that must be all that American Pie money and she went American Pie no this is Buffy money <laughs> yeah I was gonna say Buffy would have made her tons of cash yeah. and all those um, she was in those like disaster movie epic movie like all those yeah. spoofs those probably yeah. paid really well, too. Yeah, I yeah. wonder what she's up to. Also, she's been working since she was a little kid, so mm, she's been mm-hmm. piling it up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of my stepmother is an alien money paying for that stroller, Oh, too. yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, Karen Grassel is best known for playing Caroline Ingalls, mother of the family living in their little house on the prairie from 1974 to 1982. A University of California graduate who trained at Lambda, she made an appearance on two episodes of television before winning the role of Caroline over 47 other actresses. After the show ended, she made a handful of guest appearances on shows like Hotel and Murder, She Wrote, before moving to Louisville, Kentucky to perform on stage. Later, she co-founded Santa Fe's Resource Theater Company. In 1994, she appeared in Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner, and her most recent film was Lasso in 2017. She has a film set to be released this year and was born on this day in Berkeley, California in 1942. I mean, I don't know what the rules were back in the day, but 47 other actresses is not that great a feat, really. Like, that's most castings are, most castings are like 35, right? Yeah, probably maybe for a television show, maybe there, maybe it wasn't uh, as common. Who knows? I I have no, I mean, we're in a different time anyway, because so much of casting is home tapes and they can ask for as many as they want. It's Um, true. But, uh, so it's probably all different rules now, but uh it's not for a lead series regular like that. It's uh, that's that's sort of the standard. But again, maybe back then it wasn't. Maybe only ten women were sort of in the room, and those were because they had whittled it down prior to. I don't. And know. I wouldn't be surprised if networks generally just cast from who they knew already. Yeah, you know, agreed. Yeah, I don't know that they they held major audition sessions for absolutely everything the way they do now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, Diane Baker might be best known to modern day audiences as Senator Martin in Silence of the Lambs, but she began her career as an ingenue with 20th Century Fox in the late 50s, talking about casting who you know. Mm-hmm. In her film debut, she played Margot Frank in The Diary of Anne Frank, starred in The Journey to the Center of the Earth, appeared as one of the girls looking for love and a career in Manhattan in The Best of Everything with Joan Crawford, then played Crawford's daughter in the horror classic Straight Jacket. She was nominated for a Golden Globe for the prize 
Surprise and appeared in Hitchcock's Marnie, later was nominated for Emmys for the TV movies Inherit the Wind and A Woman of Substance. Those are some of the biggest TV movies that happened, right? Like I feel yeah, like oh yeah. those were A Woman big of Substance deal. is great. Um, That's a Barbara Taylor Bradford novel. I love that miniseries. I just feel like those were like big time. We think of TV movies as as such a flash, you know, but we think of them like we think of commercials now, but back in the day. The the ones that your mother made sure to finish the ironing in time to uh, put everything aside and and catch the latest. Yeah. uh, yeah. Oh, appointment television. Yep. Uh, By the end of the mid-2000s, she was the head of the acting program at the San Francisco Academy of Art, had an arc on House, and was in the TV movie Hemingway and Galhorn, after which she retired. She was born on this day in Hollywood, California in 1938. But I only ever think of her in Sansa the Lambs. (laughs) That's so funny. Catherine Martin! No, that's her daughter, but still. (laughs) Is that my daughter in there? I believe was the No, she's the scene where he says, did you breastfeed, Catherine? Oh, it right. her nipples, doesn't it? Yeah. She's <laughs> very beautiful. <laughs> I forgot about that. I've seen oh that movie goodness. 800 I was going to say, that, that is a heart. It's so good. Anyway. I've seen um, it once on really? a date. Yeah, once on, on a, a date. date in high school. How'd you make it out alive after that? <laughs> That was like our like second or third day. It was uh, it was one of those ones where, well, I've talked about this before, but I lived on the border. So we'd have to cross the border from New oh. Brunswick to Maine to go see a movie. So you you drive to Maine to see a movie to the States. And uh, but then it would be everybody from your high school in this tiny, tiny um, little movie theater full of taxidermy. I mean, it was northern. It was Stephen oh, King wow. for sure. Wow. Run by a guy named Herb who would walk up and down the aisles. It was dirty and like everything was from 1950s. Wonderful. And he would wear a shirt that said Herb. That's how we all knew his name. He never changed his shirt. It was always the shirt that, that someone had clearly made for him with those like iron on things. Amazing. That said Herb and thick Coke bottle glasses. Pants that are falling down. I mean, right out of a Stephen yep. King. And he would walk up and down the aisles and say, get your feet off the chair and, and tell us to get our feet off the chair. And that's how I saw movies in high school. <laughs> and that's where I saw Silence of the Lambs. Well, I had to have my sister on my Silence of the Lambs episode of my My Criterions podcast because it's also a movie that she only saw the one time and refused mm. to ever watch again. And my sister watches anything she's not that scared of horror movies um like you know and also has often watched many movies multiple times because she lived with me for a long time so she would just watch whatever i was watching somehow she made sure to make like she was determined to never watch that movie ever again it really disturbed something deep in her you know oh wow yeah interesting Lee Evans rose to fame as a comedian in the UK, increasing his visibility with roles in the films There's Something About Mary, The Fifth Element, and Mouse Hunt. On stage, he played Leo Bloom in the London production of The Producers. In 2008, the DVD of his tour Big became the highest-selling DVD in the UK, surpassed in 2014 with his Monsters Tour DVD, while his Roadrunner Tour is estimated to have earned £12.9 million. His last appearance on television was an episode of Doctor Who in 2009. Then in 2014, he announced his retirement following the death of his friend and manager, Addison Cresswell. He was born on this day in Avonmouth, England in 1964. Sandrine Kieberlaine is a leading lady in French cinema, a winner of Two Césars, who co-starred with Isabelle Hubert in Tip Top and is the, lead, is the lead Sorry, in For Sale, To Have or Have Not. 
sorry, to have or not, Betty Fisher and Mademoiselle Chambon. She played Simone de Beauvoir in the exceptional drama Violette, and this year appeared on an episode of the French Netflix series Call My Agent, which everyone is in love with. So good. Um, she was born on this day in Bouillon, Billancourt, France, in 1968. It is, is it okay? Good. Amazing. I, I loved every episode, and I also love the opening credits of every episode. So I would never hit that skip button. It's oh, just, interesting. Okay, and Isabel is on one episode too. I just uh, we haven't we just uh, need to uh, be in a subtitle space, which we can't because we're doing our taxes. Well, you, right what now. you mean is that Marco needs to learn how to read, which is <laughs> going to take a while. So. He has a disability. It's hard for him. Is that leave, my Marco in there? Leave, leave him alone. <laughs> him and Michelle Collins. It's nothing sacred. Oh, all right. Uh, is it your Tom turn? Yes. Courtney made a splash in the film version of The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner in 1962, becoming one of the working class stars who shook up the screen image of British actors in that decade. A RADA graduate who made his professional debut at the Old Vic, he played the lead in John Schlesinger's Billy Liar and was nominated for an Oscar in Dr. Zhivago, then focused on the theater because he didn't enjoy filmmaking, receiving a second Oscar nomination for The Dresser in 1983. More recently, he was in 45 Years with Charlotte Rampling, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, and last year was in Summerland. He was born on this day in Kingston-upon-Hull, England in 1937. Neil Jordan is one of Ireland's most successful artists, beginning his career writing for Irish television before working on the John Borman film Excalibur. Borman helped Jordan make his first film Angel in 1982, after which he made the cult fantasy The Company of Wolves and achieved his first major acclaim with Mona Lisa in 1986. His Hollywood debut, High Spirits, was a bomb, but when he released The Crying Game in 1992, it was the highest critically rated film of the year, and Jordan won an Oscar for Best Screenplay for it he followed it with the interview with a vampire sorry with interview with a vampire hmm. the end of the affair breakfast on pluto byzantium and in 2018 released greta in 2011 he created the series the borgias and he's written a number of short stories and seven novels published between 1980 and 2017 and he was born on this day in sligo ireland in 1950 sligo oh is it county oops. sligo oops where yeah. is that I don't know. I don't know my Irish geography very well. Oh, okay. Um, Greta was shot all in Toronto. It stars uh, Isabelle Huppert. You get to see her uh, walking through the the fake, not the fake, the uh, the the ghost Bay Station. You know that they used. Oh to shoot yeah. Scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. so interesting and creepy. I know. So many things have been shot in that ghost station. I think anytime they sh- they need a subway in Toronto, they shoot it there. Yeah, I mean, because you don't you? have to interrupt traffic in any way, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or film overnight or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Canadian, uh, Scott Thompson performs con- no, not different Scott not Thompson. Different. Never mind. I, I thought I had a moment where I was like, yeah. "Wait, what?" <laughs> Speaking of Canadian, but not Scott Thompson performs comedy under the stage name Carrot Top, a nickname he was given by his swimming coach because of his head of thick, curly red hair. He began performing as a freshman at Florida Atlantic University, eventually finding himself performing on Larry the Cable Guy's Christmas Spectacular. Gene Simmons' Family Jewels was in the film's Chairman of the Board and episodes of Scrubs and Reno 911. His comedy routine incorporates dozens of props stored in large trunks on stage, which is how you know you're in for the longest night of your life. He headlines (laughs) at the Luxor Hotel as of 2018. 
He was born on this day in Cocoa Beach, Florida in 1965. Can you imagine you're on a romantic trip at a hotel, like a beach, <laughs> with your partner? And he's like, let's take in a show at the hotel tonight. And, and it's Carrot Top. <laughs> Carrot Top with his props? I mean, oh, okay. God. Here's the thing. I think we we do, we always joke about using props. Anytime that we're doing comedy and there's a prop involved, we we you know we we use him as a verb like are we going to carrot top it or what um and it's he's definitely given props a bad name no question but at the same time i have no i haven't attested this i have not gone to see him live so whatever but i have heard people say that they went because you know they got the ticket for 10 bucks or whatever and that or they won it or i don't know um and that actually they were shocked because it was actually a really funny and great show. Yeah, um, he probably is really good at, um, he's probably is really instinctive and he's probably really good at like making mo- the most of the moment. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, he does he not have body dysmorphia? Like he's done a lot of interesting choices with his face. I don't know. He's very, very ugly. Um, and I shouldn't say that about a redhead because people are going to think I'm an anti-redhead. Um, his, the and, redhead is the best feature. Like that's yeah, the least Well, it's the problems. only feature. That face really yeah. is quite something. And I just don't find him funny. To me, he's like, I mean, I'm not going to criticize anyone who makes a living. Go ahead. But uh, I don't get it at all. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I don't know. I haven't, I, I mean, part of me wants to see it just for, to see, mm-hmm. but, um, cause you know, it's in Vegas. So it's only well, like 40, yeah, 40 I minutes. Mean, you and me at the Luxor hotel. I'll see you there. At the Luxor. <laughs> Such a crap hotel. Anyway, uh, Gert Frobe. Did I do it right? Yeah. That's how they say it in English. In German, it would be Frobe. Okay, Gert Froba appeared in over 100 films, beginning in Germany in the late 40s in Man on a Tightrope, The the High Life, and It Happened in Broad Daylight. But he is in the Cinematic Hall of Fame for playing the unforgettable Vaughn villain in the explosively successful 007 adventure, Goldfinger. His German accent was too strong for the role, and his dialogue is dubbed. That's crazy. But it has still led to more roles in Hollywood films, including Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Dollars and Bloodline with Audrey Hepburn. He made his last appearance on an episode of German television, which aired a year after after his death in 1988. At the age of 75, he was born on this day in Oberplantitz, Germany, in 1913. Um, in the Sean Connery Bond movies of the 60s, 99% of the villains and Bond girls are dubbed by somebody else. That is so nuts. Yeah, yeah so because crazy. they usually they love getting actors like you know, from Europe who had mm-hmm. these great imposing personalities, but usually they couldn't speak English, at least not well enough to be understood. Wow. And the girls were almost always plucked out of beauty contests from around right. the world uh, and right. uh, Miss America, Miss USA, Miss world. Uh, so the likelihood of them speaking English well enough to act was also very low. Plus right. you were shooting their scenes in like Venice, but then the dub was being done in London and they weren't necessarily brought like flown mm. in to do it right so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah and and it's it actually was... one actress who does most of the girls voices in the first few movies it probably was easier to do that than to get a coach and actually do the work oh yeah <laughs> for sure yeah and technically it just worked out better too yeah yeah it's funny Musician, singer, songwriter, and music and film producer, uh, he achieved international fame as lead guitarist of the Beatles. That is, of course, George Harrison. He contributed songs to all (laughs) Beatles albums from 1965 onwards, among them Taxman, Here Comes the Sun, and Within You, Without You. He released several albums as a solo performer, 
Rolling Stone magazine ranked him number 11 in their list of the 100 greatest guitarists of all time. And he is a two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee with the Beatles in 1988 and as a solo artist in 20, 2004. In 1978, he formed the production company Handmade Films. And through it, he produced the films Monty Python's Life of Brian, The Long Good Friday, which is a classic, Time Bandits, Shanghai Surprise with Sean Penn and Madonna, in which Sean Penn utters the immortal line. <laughs> is that my daughter in there? But he is that Madonna it. in there? That's what the line is. <laughs> but he says it in Mandarin, so. Right. And George Harrison had nothing nice to say about either of them. Oh, and wow. Like he, he they were they were dicks, probably. Oh, absolutely. They were like, that obnoxious no couple. Yeah. Like no question. hand jobs under the table in restaurant couple. Oh um, my God. And yeah, he had nothing nice to say about them. Anyway, um, he also <laughs> produced Neil Jordan's Mona Lisa, which we mentioned earlier, and the mm-hmm. comedy cult classic With Nail and I. He was involved in humanitarian and political activism throughout his life until his death from throat cancer in 2001 at the age of 58. He is, I believe, the subject of a very long documentary by Martin Scorsese called Living in a Material World. He was born on this day in Liverpool in 1943. And for me, well, it was always the cutest be- Beatle. Uh, he's actually my star before, but yeah, he's actually my favorite Beatle if I had yeah. to pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's the I most handsome. Find him the most interesting, yeah. to be honest. For sure, uh, per- personally. Um, but you know, the Beatles. Listen, I hope you have an amazing February twenty fifth. I hope you get a warm, steaming pile of clam chowder in front me of you. Me too. Gosh. <laughs> and have a wonderful day. All right. See you tomorrow. <laughs>